Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high achieving and ambitious mid level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook. Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. How's it going? Hey, you know, this is episode 220. And I got to thinking about that this morning as I was prepping. By the way, I am not normally recording in the mornings and, and here I am. So it was a challenge to see whether my voice would cooperate at this time of day, but it does. So 220. And what I was thinking about was how many people stop podcasting after eight or 10 or 12 episodes. There's a lot of data on that out there. And, you know, what the difference is between people who keep going, who have 200, 300, 400 episodes, who've been very consistent with it versus the 10 or 12 and then drop it, or the people who are very irregular with their podcast content. And I think what came to mind was a quote that's on the wall of the, I've been going to physical therapy lately, and I've heard this quote before, but I've really kind of stared at it while I've been in physical therapy. And it says, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. And I think for so many people, it's that unwillingness to not be great, to suck at it and learn the craft, whatever it is, whether it's podcasting or a a skill at work or whatever, you know, I'm sure that the the great artist didn't start out their first painting was beautiful and perfect and the, the composer's first piece wasn't perfect. We have to be willing to suck at it. And people often ask me, you know, what what advice would you give for new podcasters? And I say, you have to have this in your soul to do it. If you're doing it to make money or you're doing it to get fame and acclaim or whatever it is, some external reason, you probably won't stick with it because there will be no money and there will be no fame and acclaim early on. And you have to want to do it for the sake of it. And I can promise you that for the first, gosh, year or two, I started podcasting in 2017, wasn't a whole lot of people listening but I enjoyed coming to this mic every week so much and sharing my wisdom with you guys that it was totally worth it. And I was willing to stick it out until people started listening and people started, I started winning awards for the podcast and I started getting recognition for it, but I didn't do it for the recognition. So you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. Keep remembering that. Hey, if you haven't checked out my free monthly webinars, they are on Thursdays at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern. They're always on a job search-related topic, completely free, one hour together. You get all my wisdom, and you can even ask me questions. So I hope you'll check the show notes to learn more about it. There's a link in there. You can sign up and come join us on the third Thursday of the month at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern. So today we're going to talk about how to deal with a difficult coworker, and we've all had them, right? I want to preface this by saying that what makes a coworker difficult for one person 
could be very different from what makes a coworker difficult for another person. They may even see that difficulty, quote unquote, as a positive, right? So I think the most important thing to understand here is that you can't control anyone else. You can't control this quote unquote difficult coworker. You can't quote control how other people perceive the quote unquote difficult coworker. The only person you can change in this equation is you. So what we're going to be talking today about is what steps can you take to deal with this unlivable human that's in the next cubicle. And to be clear, if that difficult human is working remotely and so are you, it doesn't make the difficultness go away. It may change the flavor of it, the, the nuances of it, because you're you're not being in personal contact with this individual, but it can still be there. So your coworker has the right to talk too loudly, you know, gossip about coworkers, even steal from the company if they want to. They may well have to pay the consequences of their actions. And I'm not suggesting that you wouldn't report unethical, immoral, illegal behavior, but they get to do what they want to do. You can't change them. So any thoughts that you're having around what do I need to do to make this other person, you know, behave right is going to be fruitless. So we really want to focus on you and what you can do to make this happen. So, so important in this equation to own your own feelings and the toll that those feelings are taking on you. Because what I see happening when you don't acknowledge those feelings is you have what I call the, the pressure cooker effect. You are letting these things build up and build up and build up. And then some, this coworker or even another coworker does some minor infraction and you completely go off the deep end and everybody's freaked out because they don't see the cause and effect there. They don't, they don't understand why you reacted so violently to that seemingly minor thing, but it wasn't because of that minor thing. It was because of the culmination of all the things. Number one in this, what can you do to deal with this unlivable human in the next cubicle is to get to know that person. So many times, if you just open the lines of communication so that you can understand your coworker, it's going to make all the difference. So if we use the example that maybe you perceive your coworker is unfriendly towards you in the mornings, you say, you know, a bright and cheery hello, and they seemingly ignore you. Maybe after the conversation, you find out that A, they are not a morning person at all and they need that first cup of coffee before they can be friendly and they're perfectly willing to be friendly after that. Or maybe they schlep a lot of stuff to work and they really need to unload before they can turn their kind of their brain into friendliness mode. I know this was certainly a case with me. I was I was not a morning person. So I would be at work at eight, but I needed those two things. I needed, I needed to get situated and kind of have my coffee. And also I typically had stuff. And especially in the wintertime, this was Northeast Missouri. I was wearing a heavy coat, and hat and gloves and boots and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't want to stand in someone's door and chit chat when I was burning up at that point. So once you understand that situation, then perhaps you can have some more grace about their preferences and understand that it's nothing to do with you. And hey, I'm still going to be me. I'm still going to say hi and I'm going to be friendly, but I'm going to let them come around. We've had the conversation. They know my concerns and maybe they're willing to, to accommodate them in some way. Maybe they're not, but at least I understand where they're coming from. So that's number one. Get to know your coworker. 
Number two, focus on the relationships at work that you do enjoy. So from a brain folk, a brain science perspective, what we focus on expands. So what we pay our attention to, where we attend in, in our brain is what expands. And so if we focus on the positive relationships at work, your issues with a difficult coworker will kind of take a back seat and be less critical. They will take up less kind of space in your brain, if you will. So number two, focus on the relationships at work that you do enjoy. Number three, talk to your boss. So when we we are talking about behaviors that have become illegal, unethical, immoral, it's time to speak with your boss. I'm assuming that this is something that, you know, you feel reasonably certain this person is intentionally doing it. So they're stealing. They are, you know, misrepresenting something on the books. It's fair to assume that this person knows what they're doing. They're not doing it inadvertently. Then you want to talk to the boss. And if your boss is unresponsive to the behavior or defends the coworker's behavior, then you want to go to human resources. So there is certainly an appropriate time to report behavior. That's number three. Talk to your boss and or human resources. Number four accept them as they are. This could be an opportunity for you to learn to deal with quote unquote difficult personalities and be okay with them. And this is not fake okay, because that's that pressure cooker effect. This is genuinely, I'm okay with you. I recognize that you do some things I don't like. You behave in a way I don't care for. And that's okay because we're not carbon copies of each other. You're not beholden to be a certain way to make me happy. And it's all good. So number four, accept them as they are. Number five, stay neutral. And this is a really important one. It's it's avoiding gossip with this coworker, with other coworkers in the office. This this gossiping feels really bad to you as the gossiper, and it can also come back to bite you in the butt, right? So you want to stay above any repercussions that could happen, any blowback that could happen from this person's behavior. So that's number five, stay neutral. Number six, limit your interactions. It's a pretty simple one here. To the degree that it is possible, avoid being around this person, whether that's physically because you're both back in the office together, whether it's virtually because you're both working from home or one of you's at work and one of you's at home. How can you minimize your interactions with this person and kind of keep it strictly business? No opportunity for, you know, social interaction. I'm going to try to physically avoid being around them whenever possible. That doesn't always work, but it can sometimes be a really good option. So number six, limit your interactions. Number seven, be the better person. You want to continue to treat others with kindness, with respect and kindness and deal with any conflicts in private. So with this other person, and if they're behaving in, in, in behavior that is directed towards you, don't lower yourself to their level. Continue to treat them with kindness and respect recognize that, you know, this is hard for me to do, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do my best. Like, be kind to yourself about your 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 genuine efforts to be nice. And if there is a conflict, you know, if this person is belittling you in public, you don't want to lower yourself and bite back at them in public. T 
take them aside, have a private conversation. Don't bring coworkers into it unless it involves the coworkers, of course, and have that private conversation. So number seven, be the better person. Number eight, know your trigger points. So once you can identify the behaviors that a coworker displays that makes you, you know, that you feel challenged by, you can immediately remove yourself from those situations where the coworker is exhibiting those behaviors. So let's take, for example, that your coworker becomes very belligerent and just mean when they've had a few drinks. And it is your your department's normal policy to go out on Fridays after work and have a few drinks. Well, if that's the trigger point for you, this person having a few beers, then why would you keep yourself in that situation? Remove yourself from it. Figure out, okay, here's where this happens. Here's what triggers me. Here's what triggers the other individual. How can I not be in that situation? So that's know your trigger points, number eight. Number nine, focus on the positive. So we talked about focusing on your relationships at work. This one is about what do you love about your job? What do you love about the company? You know, what do you love about the benefits package, about the work that you get to do? If you can adopt an attitude of gratitude, and I highly recommend a gratitude practice where you are recognizing and writing down the things you are grateful for every day, you can really minimize the impact of that coworker on your life. So that's number nine focus on the positive. And then the last one, number 10, reflect on your own actions. Think about how you act around this coworker. How do you respond to them? How can you change your behavior in relation to this coworker? Are you unknowingly or unwittingly doing things that are exacerbating the situation that are egging this person on, or at least not, certainly not diffusing the situation? So in summary to all of these, recognize your thoughts about your difficult coworker. What are you making them mean? And decide that if those thoughts are serving you, does it serve you to think, I hate Joe. I hate Susie. Susie's a terrible employee. Joe doesn't know how to do X. Does that serve you? Is it true? Maybe, maybe not, but that's not the question. The question is, are those thoughts helping me do my job better? Are they making me a better person? If you decide that you want to think different thoughts about this coworker, know that the old thoughts will still occasionally rear their ugly head. They're, they have created neural pathways in your brain. And what you're trying to do with new thoughts is create new neural pathways. And sort of, it's sort of like we're overriding the negative thoughts with more positive ones. And that doesn't happen overnight. So when we decide to think better thoughts about this coworker, we have to practice them because we practiced those old thoughts a lot. Now it's time to practice new thoughts. And the final thing I want to say here is after you decide to think differently, don't beat yourself up when those old thoughts come up. Just recognize that they're there and they don't serve you any longer. I find it very useful to think, oh, why did I just say something negative to myself? Oh, it's because I'm really tired. Okay, Lisa, it's all right. Go get some sleep. You're going to be fine. Like I don't beat myself up for having said something negative to myself. And you want to, as I said, practice those new thoughts, say them out loud, write them down, speak of them with your family and your coworkers, and then notice how you feel. Contrast that to how you felt when you were obsessing over your coworker in a negative way. Just notice that and decide, do I like this feeling better 
thinking these positive thoughts and they have to be thoughts that you can believe. You're not going to go from, you know, I hate my coworker to I love my coworker, but you could go from I hate my coworker to I like it when my coworker does X or my coworker is good at. So I'm I'm recognizing some part of that coworker that is positive or at least not as negative as what I was thinking before. So I hope these 10 tips give you some food for thought on how to deal with that difficult coworker that we've all had. If you don't have one right now and you've never had one, guess what? <laughs> You're going to have one. Let me give you those 10 one more time. Number one, get to know them, get to understand them better. Number two, focus on the relationships at work that you like, that you enjoy. Number three, talk to your boss if we're dealing with in a, illegal, unethical, immoral behavior. Accept them as they are is number four. Number five, stay neutral, don't gossip. Number six, limit your interactions with that individual to the degree that you can. Number seven, be the better person. Rise above, don't lower yourself to their level. Number eight, know your trigger points and try not to get in those situations that create the problem or exacerbate the problem. Number nine, focus on the positive things about your work and your company and your job. And number 10, reflect on your own actions and what you are doing in this whole process. So I hope this helps and I will see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.